It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Great to see you this morning. Uh, now, Louie and I, a uh, little over six months ago, we got a, a brand new puppy and uh, she is a sheet zoo. I've got a little picture of her here. Her name is Rumi. That's uh, her wearing her little day jammers after she'd had her lady parts uh, removed. Uh, anyway, um, better than the cone of shame, okay? This was the alternative. Much better than the cone of shame. Um, now, Consistent with the breed, we've now discovered, Karen, you hear me, uh, Rumi is very, 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 all caps, uh, fussy when it comes to food. So uh, we might have to offer three different options before we land on the one that she feels like for that particular meal. And if she doesn't want it, or if she's finished, she's like, I'm done. Okay, sure, I get it, you know. Uh, our nephew has a doggo, similar age uh, and similar size, his uh, little Chasey. And uh, Chasey, however, is a different breed altogether. Chasey loves food. Not a very discerning breed when it comes to food. And we noticed recently that little Chasey was becoming not so little Chasey. Uh, was putting on a little bit of uh, weight in areas that we probably think is not entirely uh, what should be happening. But no one could figure out why because uh, they're feeding him uh, high quality foods, better than what some of us eat. Um, portioning it out. You know, this is breakfast. When you're finished, it's done. Here's lunch. When you're finished, it's done. Uh, taking it for walks, you're just doing all the things. And yet, despite that, little Chasey's becoming not so little Chasey. And uh, <clears throat> it recently came to light, and by recently, I mean last week, came to light because Chasey is currently living with Louis' dad, um, his parental grandfather. And uh, Louis' dad, it came to light, has been... So Louis' dad is an Italian migrant, fresh off the boat after the Second World War, starving, recently left Italy. So part of that culture is that, you know, everyone, you, nobody goes hungry. Seemingly, including little Chasey. So if you've finished your food, it's a sign. Oh, thank you. Oh, that, you love the food. You must want more. And so we've discovered that Louis' dad has been feeding little Chasey five meals a day and, and, keeps giving food until Chasey has had enough. The th problem is Chasey's theme song is, I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> when it comes to food, there is no such thing as enough. When it comes to food, Chasey always wants more. And look, hey, I get it. I think about streaming series on a TV streaming series. I can't stand it when the uh, owners of the streaming series decide that this series is going to drop one episode each week. Boo! Because I'll watch that episode and if it's good, I just want more. And they're going to make me wait another week. 
Not happening. Not happening. You know, I come to think that, I kind of think that Easter is some people's favorite long weekend of the year. And not because of the Jesus stuff. Because unlike a three-day long weekend, you get more. I'd be like some of you who are going to discover and develop a mysterious throat bug tomorrow and <coughs> enjoy a four-day weekend. You know, I think about our TV. Our TV, we purchased our TV in 2016. And at the time, in its price range, it was kind of one of the better performing TVs. 55-inch, LED, uh, the width of it, you know, as you look sideways, which I don't think that's the way you're supposed to sit when you're watching TV, um, is about a, an inch, you know, an inch. And it's like, wow, this is incredible. 26. Have you walked through the TV section of Harvey Norman recently? I mean, hello, I'm going to walk through there praying, get behind me, Satan, because I am looking at TVs that I'm thinking, how is this even possible? These things, 65 inch, 75 inch, 85 inch, visible from the moon size. We're talking about self-lit displays. So you can take the roof off your house in the middle of summer and still see the TV bright as day. Forget one inch thick. You, you look at them from the side on, they're like paper thin. Seven years later. So I come home and I am tempted to accidentally nudge our TV off its stand. And Louie comes home and goes, and I go, honey, the dog. We need to get a new TV. Silly dog. And she's like, the dog is six, in, six kilograms and about this tall. No, it was the dog. But in our recent series, Recession Proof Your Life, we actually kind of highlighted the fact that we live in a culture that is always pushing us to consume more, to look for more, that happiness is just one purchase away and that our theme song can be, I can't get no satisfaction. But here's one thing that we didn't cover off and I really wanna make sure we understand this today. The desire for more isn't inherently a bad thing. In fact, I would contend that it's actually been baked into us by God Himself. And that the problem isn't the desire for more, the problem is the desire for more of what? And that actually God programmed into us the desire for more of Him. And it becomes problematic when we take that desire for more and actually angle it towards anything else. One of the early church fathers, Augustine, said it this way, You have made us for Yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in You. And so we've launched this new series, Follow Me, last week. And we're looking at five different people that Jesus had encounters with. And each of these five people, He extended to them a simple two-word invitation. And it was this, follow me. I encourage you to go back and listen to that if you haven't already. I'm just gonna revisit one very important thing to understand. Jesus invites us to believe me 
that I am who I said I am, that I'm the Son of God, sent from heaven, died on a cross, rose again, ascended back into heaven. Like, believe me, but, but in the believing in Jesus, we experience salvation, which is like kind of important. Uh, the invitation to follow me is a separate invitation. And we can say yes to one and actually not say yes to the other. And yet the saying yes to Jesus' invitation to follow me, that isn't the ticket to ride into heaven. That's what salvation does. This is the ticket to experience transformation. Jesus actually promises that He will lead us to become more and more like Him if and when we choose to follow Him every day in every way. And in fact, He would say that there's no other way to experience that transformation except following Him. In fact, I used the metaphor last week that it's like a cheat code. Now, any gamers here? Gamers? Yeah, a few gamers. I'm not a gamer, but let me explain cheat code to my fellow non-gamers. And by the way, gamers, I don't want you to score me later. Just, no, forget it. But I'm gonna do a good job, all right? You're welcome. When I say a cheat code, so here's the thing. If you're a gamer, you know, I'm talking video games here. There's, broadly speaking, there are two ways to level up as you play the game. One way is just by playing it a lot. And as you collect the various tchotchkes that are on offer or you beat the baddies as you go along, you earn XPs, experience points. And you might then go get enough experience points to go from level one to level two, level two to level three. And you know, you get new adventures and new challenges and new things all the time. Fantastic. That's one way. You earn experience points. A cheat code cannot be earned. A cheat code is something that some YouTuber, rightly or wrongly, tells you exists and that you need to punch that code into your keyboard or, or punch it in through your joystick and it will instantly unlock new abilities, new powers, new skills, things that you would not otherwise be able to do and not otherwise be able to access. No amount of XPs can give you access to these things. It's only by way of a cheat code. And when Jesus says, follow me, He is absolutely extending to us a cheat code, giving us access to something that we could never, ever, ever earn any other way. And I want you to hold that thought. Now, last week, the first person that we uh, looked at that Jesus invited to follow him is a guy who was a tax collector named Matthew. Matthew went on to become one of the four biographers that we uh, talk about. And one of the incredibly unique things about Matthew is that the first thing Matthew did after he said yes to the invitation from Jesus to follow him was to gather all of his friends to meet Jesus as well. And we talked about this from the vantage point of follow me to greater purpose. Matthew understood that it wasn't just his own salvation that mattered, but it was also the salvation of his friends and those in his sphere. And we said that we share what we love with those that we love. And Matthew very much exemplified that. 
Today, I want us to focus on an ancestor of Cristiano Ronaldo, the, the, the soccer player. This was one of his ancestors 2,000 years ago. Uh, here's a few things. Anyone heard of Cristiano Ronaldo? Anyone heard of him? Yeah, all right. Don't be stupid. You've all heard of him. And here's why. Number one, number of total followers on the gram, 564 million followers. Is that a lot? He has his own fashion boutique. <coughs> he has a museum created in his honour and he's still alive. This year he signed a US $200 million a year contract to play soccer. Needless to say, all of these things point to the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo is kind of on another level when it comes to fame fortune and influence. <coughs> okay, we're not literally going to be talking about an ancestor of Cristiano Ronaldo, but I make the point that the guy we are going to be talking about relative in his time had this next level of fame, fortune and, and influence. And we don't actually know who he is. He, he wasn't given a name, uh, but he's essentially been referred to in history as the rich young ruler. And it likely looked something like this. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. 
So the emphasis that I want to hit on today is Jesus' interaction with the rich young ruler. But even in that, there's a lot to unpack. So let's break it down. If you've got your smartphone camera handy, um, scan this flow code. It's going to take you to Mark chapter 10. Now Mark's one of the four biographers uh, that we have access to of Jesus' life in ministry. And, and he chose to record this interaction that Jesus had with this rich young ruler during which Jesus extended the invitation to him to come follow me. But Jesus gave him some homework to do first before that invitation was valid. So this is how Mark picks things up. As Jesus went out into the street, a man came running up, greeted him with great reverence and asked, good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? Uh, we shouldn't be surprised that this rich young ruler is asking Jesus this question because he had essentially everything that the world could offer him. He had everything that money could buy, yet he still wanted more. Thankfully, and to his credit, he was approaching Jesus, asking Jesus, is there a way I can get this thing that I haven't yet to be able to, I haven't yet been able to acquire with all of my resources and power and influence. Like, give me the cheat code. I'd like to have that in the deal. You know, I've come to, to learn that my wealth and power hasn't yet been able to get me eternal life. And by the way, this little sentence at the end is the most important question anybody can ask while we're on this earth. What must I do to get eternal life? Now, Jesus said, why are you calling me good? No one's good, only God, which is kind of pointing to the idea that it's God who gives out eternal life. Now, you know the commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat on your mother and father. He said, teacher, I have from my youth kept them all. Yes, yeah, sure. Anyway, uh, Jesus looked him hard in the eye and loved him. And Jesus said, all right, there's one thing left. Go sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. All your wealth will then be heavenly wealth. And, so that was the homework, come follow me. <laughs> and some of you won't be surprised to learn that the man's face clouded over because this was the last thing he expected to hear. And he walked up with a heavy heart. And here's why. Because he was holding on tight to a lot of things and wasn't about to let go. The rich young ruler up to this point, he'd been doing all of the right things and he had thought up to that point that that's probably going to give me enough experience points from God's point of view to give me access to eternal life. And he discovered that it actually hadn't. Like I've done all those things. I haven't been, you know, I haven't shown up in an episode of TMZ. Like I've done the things. Um, and Jesus says, all right, go and sell everything you have. Give that to the poor and then come follow me. Some of the, something that some of you know about me and you've looked at me with a puzzled look when I've told you this. The rest of you, you don't know this. So I'm gonna tell you now and 
you may choose to look at me with a puzzled look. In the mornings, I listen to the radio. Like when I'm out training, I've got my earbuds in, I've got the radio on, whatever. Um, I listen to a Singapore radio station. I know I don't look Singaporean. I'm not Singaporean. I'm from High Wycombe. Um, and I, 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 the point of the story is not why I listen to Singapore radio station. I listen to Singapore radio station. The, the DJs in the morning from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., they call themselves muttons in the morning. I know, this story gets more ridiculous. <laughs> even, I'm, I'm aware of that even as I'm explaining it. So I listen to muttons in the morning. Uh, and every day, it's, it's, it's not unusual to have a competition, different competition each day. You know, it's kind of to get people engaged and stay listening and all that. You get it. You listen to radio. You know how it plays out. On Mondays... The game that they play, unique to Mondays, is called Make Me a Deal Monday. Now, the premise of the game is that the muttons in the morning, they've got something to give away as a prize in this competition. Again, pretty standard stuff. It's supplied by a sponsor. That's the way, and they'll get some free airtime. It could be like a, a massage gaming chair worth $1,000, so you can game and, like, like, there's a selection of the population that would find that appealing. It could be a coffee machine. It could be a, one of these TVs that I have envy about. It just, But, you know, something that people want. That's the premise of the game. This is a thing, kind of tends to click in around a thousand bucks value-ish in the game. And the way that you get to play the game is you've got to phone in and you've got to offer the muttons something that you want to trade with them. So there's no uh, money exchange. It's just something that you want to trade with them. And the thing that you want to trade with them, the thing that you phone and offer, essentially it has to be of much less value. So people phone in and it's three contestants. So three successful callers and they interview each one of them. And they'll say, hi, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the mountains will ask them, what, what have you got to trade with us? And they'll be like, ah, oh, you know, I've got these... Uh, I've got these uh, earbuds, earphone, headphone, earbuds. Oh yeah, what brand? Some brand, you know, that you may or might not have heard of. And what did you pay for them? I paid, you know, $200. Um, okay, all right, we'll phone you back if we choose that. And then the next person, they've got something here. And next person, oh, I bought this for my husband. He doesn't like it, so I'm going to try and trade up and I'm going to keep the thing that you're offering. Whatever it is. It's called Make Me a Deal Monday. And then they'll choose which one and they'll say, you know, you, okay, sure, send us the $200 used earbuds, you, um, and we'll send you the $1,000 gaming massage chair. But here's the thing about this particular game is it requires you to trade up. You don't get to play the game if you simply want an add-on. See, a lot of competitions, including on radio, you, you will get the prize, but you don't actually have to have given up anything in return. That's called an add-on. I want the massage chair, and if it doesn't require me to give up anything, well, that's, that's like, this sounds too good to be true. This game, it, the, the premise of the game is not an add-on. It's a trade up. And for the rich young ruler, Jesus' invitation to him was preceded by instructing him that for him, he was going to need to trade up to get access to eternal life. Jesus wasn't just going to give him an add-on. And I'll come back to why 
I think Jesus did that. One of the important things to notice, and I think Mark buries the lead a little bit in this, is he records Jesus looked him hard in the eye and loved him. That the challenge or the instruction that he then issued to the rich young ruler was actually predicated on love, was actually motivated by love. This is this idea that Jesus didn't want something from him. In fact, Jesus said, sell what you have and give the money to the poor, not to Jesus. In this case, Jesus wanted something for him, not something from him. He wanted to see this rich young ruler have the opportunity to trade up if he wanted to. The problem is that the rich young ruler had been putting all of his trust in his wealth, all of his trust in his stuff. And Jesus knew that was going to be a roadblock to him ultimately putting his trust in Jesus. And so he needed to to remove the roadblock in order to trade up to the thing that really mattered. And I'm gonna tell you this. This is, this is one of the most important revelations any of us can ever get. That whenever Jesus asks us to give up something, it's always motivated by love. It's always His agenda is not that He wants something from us, it's that He wants something for us. And, and here's what we read and here's what I've learned to be true in my own life. You cannot give up more than God is willing to give back. Sadly, the rich young ruler never got to find out if this was true. He didn't do the homework. In fact, he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding tight onto a lot of things and not about to let go. Modern translation, uh, I want eternal life but not that much. Now, uh, last year, uh, Taylor Swift achieved a world first, never been done in history. Any Swifties here? Tara's like, I'm a half Swifty. I don't know what that means, a Swift? No, anyway. All right, so October 2022, for you non-Swifties, let me catch you up. October 2022, Taylor Swift dropped her then recent album, Midnight's. And uh, it achieved a feat that has never been achieved in music history. Ten of the songs from her Midnight's album immediately invaded the entire top ten of the Billboard 100 music charts. The next day, Taylor Swift owned all of the top ten in the Billboard top ten, top 100 charts. Correct response, J-Mac. Wow. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Before I ask it, just have a look down and just check that you've got your big boy or your big girl pants on. Quick look, quick look, because I'm about to ask you a grown-up question. And if you don't have your big boy, big girl pants on, this is going to sound a little bit abrasive. Here's my question. If we were to freeze frame your life right now, if we were to take a snapshot of your top 10 today, priorities, what matters, where would Jesus feature in your 
top 10. And I'm not saying that to guilt anybody. We're not asking you to write it down and put it in the secret box. It's a question to ask ourselves. And actually, it's a question to ask ourselves every single day. And I know that the Sunday school answer is number one. But come on now. That's not the honest answer. Some days one, some days equal one, occasionally two. He's even been known to slip out of the top 10. And one of the, all right, still got your big boy, big girl pants on? All right, do you know one of the reasons it's easy for Jesus to slip out from number one? is because sometimes the competition is coming at the number one spot from something that's actually good. Well, he said to the rich and ruler, don't murder. All right, okay, Jesus, today I'm not gonna put murder as my number one priority. You can, you can stay number one. I'll keep murder at number seven. I mean, come on, you know, don't commit adultery. All right, this is probably gonna be a day where I can get through without that appearing on my to-do list. Because <laughs> those become like big red flags, big warning lights. And you're like, all right, stop. Get off that particular freeway. But, what, but, but, but sometimes the competition is from something that's good. And in the prevailing culture we live in, it's, it's like, it's just easy. I'm just saying, it kind of sneaks under the radar because it's not like, but Jesus comes back to that and, and I'm going to come back to that. But, Here's the thing, you cannot give up more than God is willing to give back. And in fact, especially the stuff that money can't buy. More joy, more purpose, more satisfaction. All right. Here's what I want you to know. Jesus doesn't, ask everyone to give away all of their money and stuff. All right, so with me, inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth. Because that has to be a huge relief if you're thinking, oh dear God, if I want eternal life, I've got I mean, there's probably a few things in your life you're willing to chuck out. But like some of it, you're like, uh... In fact, Jesus doesn't teach this as a principle and He's not recorded anywhere else as ever issuing this challenge to anybody. So you've got to kind of conclude that this was a bespoke challenge to this rich young ruler. However, the principle of why Jesus would have challenged the rich young ruler, that's what's universal that Jesus is calling us to trade up to Him and following Him and experiencing His transformation. And anything that's in the way needs to go to number two, number three, and sometimes, sometimes needs to be given up or given away entirely. He then goes on to talk about with his uh, closest followers after the rich young ruler had left the building that salvation cannot 
be earned because they might have been confused. Are you, Jesus is saying that you have to you know, give, give up all your wealth and then, then you get salvation. No, 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 that was for him. <clears throat> and then he said that, now, then he said this. Now, I would encourage you, I've read this from the message. I would encourage you to just read this for yourself. Because in the next slice of what Jesus says to his closest followers, in some translations, and in the one we just heard on the video, it does say this, says it's, it's almost impossible for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. And if we think that everyone can have access to salvation, that will make no sense, right? And he says it's, it's harder for a, it's easy for a camel I mean, this is like a wild and crazy visual. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what he says in some translations, which is just bonkers. Because you're like, so I, does, it mean, does that mean if I know a rich person, I just say to them, sorry, you're going to hell, uh, but enjoy you know, your riches on this earth because like, you're disqualified because you're rich. That's, just, that, that's not the gospel message. So this almost sounds contradictory, right? We good? Feel like we're getting a Bible college free upgrade here? Yes, we are. The message version, I love it. Thank God. They make it easy for us to understand this. And this is the way they say it. It is almost impossible for people who think they have it all to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's a desire issue. It's a competition issue. Do you know some of the hardest people that you're going to find to talk about Jesus with are people that are doing just fine on this earth without Him. Like, hello. And, in, and by the world's estimation, they might even be doing better than you. So you say, hey, let me talk about Jesus. It's a way to upgrade. It's a trade-up. Life can be better for you. And they're like, no, nah, pretty good. Pretty good. Going out in the boat tomorrow having a four-day long weekend tomorrow and I don't even have to call the bus because I'm the bus. So that to me is the, is the most simple and straightforward explanation that it's actually very difficult for people to have who, have, who think, by the way, it says think, <laughs> they have it all to even be interested in the things of the kingdom. But what this rich young ruler didn't understand or wasn't will, well, maybe he understood but he wasn't willing to go there is that Jesus is offering things money can't buy and they're actually better and that said though sometimes it requires a trade up and so Peter who's you know often the loudmouth spokesperson for the 12 he's like okay well uh, this is one of those what about me questions. Although what about us? We left everything and followed you. Well, Jesus said, mark my words. No one who sacrifices house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, land, whatever, anything, everything, because of me and the message will lose out. You can't give up more than God will give back. They'll get it back, but multiplied many times. In fact, if you want to treat yourself, read this in a different version. And it says in most of the other versions, they will get it back multiplied a hundred times. 
puts a number on it. Hello. So me like, well, I'm gonna give up my home tomorrow. Jesus gives me 100 homes, instant property portfolio. Quite sure that's how it works. But they'll get but multiplied many times in homes. In other words, Jesus will actually invade and upgrade every aspect of your life over time with the things that money can't buy, more peace, more joy. Oh, sorry, oh, but also troubles. Oh, great. And then, see, this is, the, and then as well, the bonus of eternal life. You cannot give up more than God is willing and able to give back. We really hope you've got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.